Let's spread a song so you can sing along with a special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is returning guest, and I don't know why he picked this movie, but we're going to find out soon. It's Roland Rusinek, everyone. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So did you like this movie? Let's let's start with you. Well, let me, let me, let, uh-huh. before we get into the meat and potatoes okay, of the okay. episode, I want to do the you know background yeah. stuff so we're yeah, here to, yeah, today yeah. to talk about the umbrellas of Cherbourg. uh it came out in 1964 mm-hmm. it's uh first of all i would like to say i am going to apologize for messing up some of these names uh well there's only really two names that are here because the screenplay uh is by jacques demi music by michelle legrand uh, lyrics by Jacques Demi, also directed by Jacques Demi. And according to IMDb, a young woman separated from her lover by war faces a life-altering decision. Now, I've never seen this movie before, so this was my uh-huh. first... I, I I only watched it one time right uh-huh. before us recording. Uh-huh. And I have to say, though, it's pre- it's a pretty interesting story. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a new story by any means. Right, yeah. But, like, some things in there are pretty interesting. For example, like, uh, so it's 64 that this movie came out, but it's set in the late 50s. Well, it starts in nine, in 57, 57 and it ends in 63. Like, there's, like, yeah. that time progression, yeah. But, like, between 19, November 1957 and whatever, November, 1958, yeah. uh, our lead, Catherine Deneuve... Catherine Deneuve, yeah. Deneuve, yeah. Catherine uh, Deneuve. She's Catherine... a legendary French actress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. I, I know the name. I just okay. don't know how to pronounce it. But, it. like, the character's supposed to be 17 years old, and she's pregnant out of wedlock, which I was like, from what I know of the 50s, that's, like, stunning worthy. But I'm like, it's also France. So, like, maybe that was, they're That was one of my notes. Yeah, I was, like, I was surprised in that's part of the story that the mother didn't flip her lid we're we're gonna get to her in a second yeah, but yeah. yeah but i was just like as a as a thing i was like okay this is pretty mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. but like basically like the imdb summary said like it's a young couple are passionate he goes off to war she right. ends up pregnant and marries another man he comes back two years later marries somebody else and then at the end they meet up again mm-hmm. like just by chance happenstance but like with how this type of romantic movie is you knew that we're going to meet up it was inevitable right yeah right? and what would happen and i liked the ending i did like the ending of this one Same. Same. i did not see it coming same i when i first saw this picture when that ending hit i was like oh Mm-hmm. so all right then so yeah. how did you hear of this movie um this movie sort of existed in like a, a group of films that had been talked about in acting school and in film when I did film class and in, in school and stuff but I had never really watched it and then some like about 20 years ago I finally like just got a copy and watched it and I remember thinking that 
where you get to the end and you're like, oh, okay, I'm I'm good with that. That's a realistic grown up reality ending. Um, but also I was really enchanted and sort of mesmerized by how strange it was to watch a film that the dialogue was sung and that we right. really, that's why it was such a unique thing to me. Uh, and I didn't really study it. I just watched it once and was like, that was so weird, but I really went for it. Like, um, I don't want to call it an opera, but it is an opera by definition. Well, so that is, that's something that I was thinking about too, where it is, you know, 64 when this movie came out and I feel like it is the beginning of that style of stage musical that is through song but not grand opera you know what I mean like Les Mis like Phantom even though Phantom people think is opera it's not but these these through sung musicals where you have like recitative and yes technically it's opera but it isn't that grand now the thing that's weird about Umbrellas of Cherbourg is that there are no duets, really. What I mean, what I mean by that is, there are no one singing in harmony together. They sing, one person sings, then another person sings, then another person sings. There's and, like one moment. Oh fuck, I can't remember when. But it it's is. literally in that in that there's there is a second where it happens, but it's not like all I ask of you, or you know, it's not a sing a duet. And there's no chor- chorus singing. There's no singing and like dancing. It, there's there is no like it's sung. Con- there's also no like confrontation from Les Mis, where it's two melodies happening at the same right. time. Right. There's. It's just. It is so. From what I understand, Jacques Demy wrote the script and then basically sh- showed it to Michel Legrand, and he just musicalized the dialogue and and created these light motifs. These okay, because that. Makes a lot of sense. The yeah. I'm not gonna lie though, the lyrics slash dialogue yeah. seemed pedestrian. I, I, yeah, like, I think that was the intention intention though. I don't think it was ever meant to be poetic. Well, because he comes so Jacques Demi comes from this movement of French New Wave where they're like experimenting with new styles of storytelling, with like the non-traditional, you know, filmmaking. And I think that's what he was doing here. Like he was trying to be like, I'm on a right dialogue that gets sung, you know? And then it kind of was weirdly successful. Like you right. go, this kind of worked. It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and and weirdly, when I was watching the movie the first time many years ago, so, you know, my parents had vinyl and there were these records that they had that were like symphonic, whatever classics. And there was this melody that I always knew would seem very tragic to me. And then all of a sudden, here it is in the movie. And it was that, oh, yeah, that love song, that, which it doesn't have a title. It's part of it's just in the scene where he's telling her I'm leaving and she's like, oh, I, you know, I'll wait for you. Um, it's that tune. It's called. Yeah, I will wait for you. Yeah, it's it was nominated for best original score. Mm-hmm. A song, I mean, it's interesting. It's, um, it's. I think the music once once it gets out of that jazzy recit- recitative stuff is really pretty. I don't know. Um, I kind of liked the m- music overall. Oh, I did too. Yeah, I'm just saying when when it's not so jazzy where you don't recognize a melody and it breaks into like a me- melodic motif, you go, "Ooh, wow, okay." But That's like, pretty. At, do you think it would work as a talking movie like no musical i think it would be so pedantic and boring and simple right yeah because that's, what, that's, that's why what he I mean. did it mm-hmm. that's what i mean by like the lyrics are pedestrian because yeah. i'm just like yeah this is just like a boring 
slice of life Some romance of like who cares she's 17 she got pregnant who fucking cares but right. you put Catherine Deneuve and this beautiful young man you know Nino Castellanuovo and and put some Michelle Legrand music in you're like holy god this is like and and I notice there's no you know like I said no crazy camera work there's no musical staging there's no um any element that reflects a classic film musical except one moment when they're walking floating right when they're floating floating, and they're floating that's exactly it and it's the one time and you go oh okay 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 so he he's doing this intentionally there's also it's because also it's like the moment we're about they're gonna go have sex too true uh but there's also like a interesting angle during the opening the yeah, the opening, opening when the credits. way it starts is my favorite. It's so wonderful. Uh, because it's showing you umbrellas and uh, uh, Catherine Duve yeah. works at an umbrella store, which and her mother's umbrella shop. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you know though that this is kind of part of a trilogy? Kind of. Yes. There's the the young girls of Rochefort was the next one. Yeah. So um, there's Lola, have... which is mentioned in this movie. It is. By... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So so the idea is that there's Lola, Umbrellas of Schoenberg, and the Young Girls of Ro- Rochefort yeah. are kind of a trilogy with the same actors, characters, and overall look. I'm reading this right from the Wikipedia page, by the way. <laughs> um so is in, Deneuve in Lola? Let me see. I don't think so. Okay. No, the only one that I think that is in Lola is Mark Michelle, who played Roland Cassard. And uh-huh. he mentions a Lola in this movie. Yeah, he does. I just didn't know that was that was interesting. I didn't know that. So I, I'm looking at I'm looking at their Wikipedia pages as well. Lola is a 1961 film that Jacques Demy uh, describes as a musical without music. Oh, okay. And then the young girls of Rochford is another, is a actual musical. Yeah. I started watching it and then I realized um, I didn't have time to finish it. So I didn't finish it. So I, we should, we should do that next, but yeah, well, it was interesting because Catherine Deneuve is, is there with uh, another woman and they're twins. They're supposed to be twins. Yeah. And it starts with a big musical number with um, the guy from, 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 oh my God, what's his name? From West Side Story um, um, that plays Bernardo in West Side Story. The movie. Oh, was- George Chikaris is in George it. George Chikaris is in it. Yeah. Oh, and Gene all- Kelly. Yeah, and G- I think Gene yeah. Kelly's directed or staged it. Like it's got big numbers. It starts He's with in it. Oh, Gene's in it. See, I didn't get there. <laughs> He's in it as character named Andy Miller. But we'll see. We'll f- maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, but I, I think, think- <clears throat> what's interesting I feel like- about umbrellas is that now that you say it, it's like a progression because it just doesn't have no- it doesn't have numbers. It it doesn't stop. It's weird. It's like that's I, what I liked about it. I found titles of of things. I and noticed like, that you. Can, I found that on IMDb, and mm-hmm. like you can kind of see when it happens. But these titles I found are in French, and I don't know French by yeah, any. I don't either. I don't so I can I can only figure out like you know you when it says garage, we're in a yeah. garage. The garage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so let's talk about 
the mom. <laughs> hey, We're gonna before we unpack. do that, can we talk about the look of the movie? Sure. I, I, I you want to do that later? You want to do that? No, no, end? no. I was going to say, I feel like it's kind of American in a way. Okay. Like, like the look of 60s movies in America. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, where Maybe. were you going to? Yeah, I, I, that's a good, I, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good observation. No, I don't, I just, when I watched this movie and I've watched it twice just for this recording, I was so enamored of the crazy wallpaper in the background of every shot on the house, <laughs> how nuts, how banana cuckoo all, they all are and how it, it just works. Um, and the, and the bright colors and the way that it's so brightly lit that maybe that's what you were talking about, that it's so 60s in that it's just a wash of bright light and bright colors and very, you know, even in the um, umbrella shop, it's such a beautifully designed shop and it probably was a real place that they, you know, then took it over. It looked gorgeous. I mean, I mean, the even interior, I think, was well, a set piece. Maybe, yeah, like, sure. When we were inside, it felt like a set piece, but like, we were outside a lot and I was yeah. like, this doesn't feel like you, a set. This feels like. No, it's, it's, it's it is Cherbourg, France. And there, and there is, and that, and that store is still there. It's not an umbrella shop. At least maybe it. it, it, it what? No, it might be now, but there's I'm plaques kidding. everywhere. And then in that street, that one little street in front of it, there is a, like a roof that's made of nothing but umbrellas. You can look it up. It's really oh, pretty. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. I just was fascinated by that look and that when I saw La La Land, and this is a very, people might get mad at me, um, but I just could tell he was stealing left and right from this oh. movie. From, oh, it's from, mentioned from twice Red. in the IMDb trivia that like, Damien Chazelle loves this stole, movie. He stole it so blatantly. And, and it says that he was inspired and he cites it as a source of like his inspiration for La La Land. So you're yeah. not wrong. You are yeah. actually 100% when I first, correct. When I first saw it, I was just like, uh-uh, you're stealing this movie. <laughs> um, um, can I can I also tell you another little fun fact? Tell me. On yes. yes. So, okay, I this I watched this, uh, and before the movie, there was this whole like little title card about how it was restored in 2013. And oh, yeah, same. Restoration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It turns out that the that one of the people who was part of the restoration project was the person was the woman who played the little girl at the end. Rosa, Rosalie Varda. The daughter. They're, the the daughter. daughter. Oh yeah. my God. Was part of the film's restoration. And it turns out that she is Jacques Demi's adopted daughter. <gasps> and uh, the son Got, uh, Guy's son uh, is Michelle Legrand's son, Harvey oh, Legrand. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they kept I, it. They kept it really in the family because really, there's what like five speaking roles, six speaking roles in this whole thing. Yeah. Small. Yeah. You've got you've got Kath, Catherine Deneuve, Um You've got you know, let me see, e. Nino. You got. Roland the mom, the aunt, Madeline, and um, Cassard. Yeah, yeah there's a really only six people, and then you've got one-off character actors, wow. but like, like whatever. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those. 
Um, uh, I also weirdly loved the fact that both their children had a very similar name at the end. That Francois and Francois. That, that, you know, that they kind of named them. Uh, uh, Yeah, talk about the mom. Let's get to the end of the movie later. Start with the mother. The mom. Yeah, I see you have issues with her. Did not like her. And I think that's the point. Because, like, she has a line when... So, okay, they meet Cassard. She is wet for Cassard. I'm sorry to be brash, but let's be real here. She's she's flooded when she first meets him. And then <laughs> and then when he comes over for dinner, um she says I don't uh, like she she tells him that she doesn't know how Genevieve's feelings for what what Genevieve's feelings for him. And I'm like, yeah. "You do. You do know what they are because she's still in love with Guy or Guy or however you yeah. pronounce it." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like you know this and and like this is again part of this trope of this movie where like obviously there's a dissenting parent i don't know how it doesn't i don't know how um guys I think she says that i think the mother says that because she wants to delay the fact that he's gonna find out she's pregnant well no i think she says that because he's rich and she's like mm, i don't know how my daughter feels about you, but maybe I can convince her because you have money and we're, and they're basically broke. Oh, well, oh no, they're broke. They're, they're, they're broke. Yeah. She, she gets that, that, that telegram in the beginning that says she owes like a lot of money for taxes or something. Yeah. I forget, I forget what it was, but it was something that she's like, oh my God, where, this is terrible. And she tries to sell some jewelry and she's not going to get the money, very much money, which also. They is- manhandle that necklace, by the way. That, that jewelry shop, you're like, the look of that jewelry shop also made me clutch my gay pearls. I was like, look at how gorgeous that was shot. Yeah. The, the, she hands over the pearls to some guy that she just never met and hopes that he's going to come back and give him what the. Fuck? Yeah. But like the, the jeweler and Cassard are just yeah. like tossing this necklace around. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. my guy, you are like, you're not a jeweler. You, you need to do your homework. This is not how jewelers handle jewels. Yeah, no. And she had it all nice in the box and everything. Uh-huh. But, like, I mean, yes, how progressive the mom is about her 17-year-old daughter is pregnant and the father is going off to war, which should, or, yeah, it's a war? Yeah. It's a war in Algiers, yeah. Yeah, so, like, she makes a mention earlier, too, before he get before a guy gets drafted, like, he hasn't served in the army yet. And I'm like, okay, well, now, obviously, he's going to serve in the army and go away. But, like, once he gets his paper, she should be like, oh, he's a real man. Let's respect this. And you're pregnant with his child. Maybe we should wait for him or something. Like, I don't Yeah, know. she says something to the effect, like, or I, I, guess I think she says, where it's like, he's going to forget about you. Don't, don't worry. You're, you're, this is not going to last because you're young. And it's, and I was sort of like, ooh, gross. Okay. But on the other hand, watching it the second time uh, last night, I, I felt differently about the mother. Like I didn't like her at the beginning. First time I watched it. I didn't like her the first two times I watched it. And then this time I was like, oh, she does say stuff that feels like is protective of her. Like she's like, take your time. At one point she's like, don't rush. And then she does decide. I mean, you could tell she doesn't want to do uh, that, that, that Jean Viev doesn't want to do it, but she sort of thinks like I have no other choice. Cause he's, he might not come back. 
but also the mother is very much like about protecting her daughter and her own like needs. That's very clear. I can see that. Yeah, it's very clear. Like, I mean, that actress is wonderful. She's so delightful. I mean, given I know it's. 58 at like this point 1958 at like this point uh in the movie but like there is no talk about getting rid of the baby there is no talk about adoption there's nothing like Like, it's just you're having this baby at least what we're presented you know i mean who knows in the world of the movie maybe there was a discussion but like jacques demi was like no we're not writing this (laughs) Yeah, no. And and it's interesting because Catherine Deneuve is so freaking gorgeous. Like from beginning to end, she's like so stupidly beautiful. And then when you see her pregnant, she's like, I'm so gross. And you're like, no, <laughs> no. no, like you are a Barbie doll. Like, absolutely. I had that same like, thought too. Where I was just Barbie like, doll. you are everything. And I mean, I get it. it we all have our own perceptions long. of each other. No, she was 19 when she, oh, she was 19. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. 20 when it was finished. That's she's what. Playing a 17 year old. Yeah. But I was like, what? At one point, she's got her hair sort of parted in the middle and down. And, I, and I'm like, is that them trying to make her look, quote unquote, ugly? <laughs> is that what this is? Are you <laughs> talking about like when it was down and around her ears? Uh-huh. And the, I mean, that was also the style. Was it? Oh, okay. I mean, I yeah. was just like, what? She's never, she never looks bad except for one split second where she's crying and her eyes are look a little puffy and you're like, but still looks gorgeous. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I mean, and even like the, I, I had a thought too, where like, oh, we're in like that boxy 60s look. Yeah. I mean, it's not 60, yeah. but almost 60s look. And I'm like, there's no hiding this pregnancy. So uh-uh. Everyone yeah. got has to be comfortable about this. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> what did you think of Roland Cassard, like, as a character? I felt like... Well, first of all, I don't know how many times he's hung out with the two of them. Because it seems like he met them at the jeweler shop, and then, like, two months later, because it's supposed to be, like, he goes to America and he comes back, right. he, he meets up with them again for that dinner. Apparently, though, he's been writing them, but like yeah. that's yeah, that's a different. That's like a sending. That's like having a text relationship, you know. But I think in that period, that was more common, where you you would write letters, and then it was more right. But know. I felt like if if it actually is like he met them in the jewelry shop, and then the second time he met up with them was that dinner months later, where he asks for um. Catherine Deneuve's hand in marriage. I'm like, you're a little fast. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my thought too. Like, I was like, what a whirlwind! How, how, how much does he know her, and how much does she know him? And it is 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 it that he's just like? I honestly wish he went with the mom because it felt like the mom was like lusting after him. She had she seemed more interested in him than Catherine Deneuve was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like um, I don't know. I felt like he was fine. Yeah, like I he, thought it was he was an interesting character because again, on the second on this viewing last night, I thought you know I don't ever feel like the mother or that Roland Cassard ever feels bad, like a bad character. They all feel I, like trying to do good. It's just she, the mother is very you know she's trying to get the money and, and protect herself and her daughter he's just like kind of like i like you i really have feelings for you marry me yeah uh, it feels he, like 
it doesn't it, feel, it just feels like in more innocent sort of like idiocy in some ways like yeah i was gonna say it feels it feels time. like the mom is like the most antagonistic character and that's right. not really the worst like it's not that yeah. bad yeah, she yeah. can be worse i yeah. I will say yeah 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 agree it, she could be horrible yeah she could be like you're pregnant i'm locking you up forever blah blah right. blah which I expected, frankly, you know, when I first watched it and I was like, well, she doesn't seem to I care. didn't know. I honestly, I was like this part of me was like, was profound when, I mean, when she announces she's pregnant, I was like, I knew you were pregnant, even though because they, yeah. you talk about going to the doctor and not feeling well, you're pregnant. Yeah. Uh, and she passes out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, and right before then, we just see them, uh, her and Guy, go to bed together. And you're like, you did it. You did the nasty. Like, let's be real here. One one time they fucked. Yeah. One time. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Where, it's funny, his dying, Guy's dying aunt is in the other room. (laughs) Oh, my God. That that woman, I, I was so, like... What? What? She's but just on stay in the room. Like, is she ill? What <laughs> is this a thing? Uh, you know, and she looked like a young woman trying to play old to me. Um, um, maybe it I don't added know. like the the really dark old age makeup on. They, yeah, and the way they did her hair to make her look old, and the way she's just sort of playing very oh, you know, um, this that the whole relationship, you know. But if it felt like Cassard and Madeline. Um, the so Madeline is the, the caretaker, caretaker for aunt. Guy's aunt, and mm-hmm. he. I mean, she she does talk about how she has kind of a crush on him, but it feels like does she does she say I, it? I think she does, or at least maybe she acts it. I don't. Remember. I think I, I think I don't think she ever says it. Or t- I think we just kind of get that she's interested in him, especially in that moment where she witnesses the wedding of, of Genevieve and then like, does a take to the camera? Where it's like, now it's my turn. <laughs> well, it's whatever it is. It's just sort of like a moment where she's like, oh. This she, may as, she may as well have been holding like a little teacup and been like, this tea is scalding. Ooh. Right, right. <laughs> right. Very, very much that. Very much that. But uh, I feel like the way that our leads treat their new partners is just so blasé where we talked about how Catherine Deneuve is like, whatever, I'll marry you, Cassard, because you're here and it's a well, matter of convenience. Thing, but the odd thing is we never see Roland Cassard and, and Genevieve together after the wedding. We never see them together again. Well, so I realized that act one is because it's broken down into three acts, everyone. So yeah. act one is our young lovers together. And then it's literally called the departure yes so the departure is that and then part two the absence is only Catherine Deneuve and the and, mother and Roland Cassard well I that. mean like we're focused only on her life yeah. like we don't see the war yeah. which yeah. I liked I liked that Me we too. don't and see anything about him yeah yeah and then part three is the return which is only about Guy because once in part two, once Catherine Deneuve and Cassard, and I know I'm like mixing up character names and actors, but deal with it. Uh, <laughs> once they get married at the end, they leave 
uh, Sherbert, Sherbert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really like the only setting is this town. Yeah, and it's, it's in, and it's still it's interesting to me the name of this movie, The Umbrellas of Sherbert. That's the name of the shop. But I'm no, like the, the shop is 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 Madame Madame Fourie whatever's shop. It doesn't. It's not called that. I thought that's what it was. I mean, uh-huh. in French, because you know French. Yeah. But yeah. oh, that's so interesting. So I don't understand then why this movie is called The Umbrellas of Sherberg, unless this is supposed to be like the uh, like an umbrelling effect. I think it's. I think this is that moment where I bring back the idea of the French New Wave and the poetic nature of these, you know, films that are trying to like break stereotypes and do new things and, you know, to play with realism in ways. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it, I mean, all it is, is like, she works in the shop. That's her mother's shop, the shop. And then the shop goes away in the third act. And he, when he comes back, it's no longer the, the, the umbrella shop. It's something else. And it signifies the departure of the mother and, and Genevieve and, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause the opening is so much about the rain and the street and the umbrellas. You know, it's literally just that, which I love. Mm-hmm. And we're like, and then, so what does this mean? Is this but like, I mean, I get that uh, for Catherine Deneuve's story that the important parts of it happen in the umbrella shop. Yeah. And regarding the mother's notions, which is the mother is the umbrella shop, essentially, you know. Right. But like, once she leaves, then it, we're focused on Guy, and Guy oh, yeah. is stumbling. And then, but like, he seems just so whatever about Madeline, where, you know, he, he asks her, huh? At first, at there first. is a moment where he turns, like you see him. Oh, at the end, yes. Yeah. But I mean, like, it, no, it I mean, feels, yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. feels like, and I'm only going to assume this for Catherine Deneuve's character, but it feels like the two of them, Catherine Deneuve and Guy, learn to love their respected, their new partners. I think so too. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they fell in love with them immediately, because like Guy even tells Madeline, like, "I need you to stay here because like your comfort, and my aunt is yeah. dead, and I have nobody, and I just got back from the war." Like, there's also a little PTSD happening. Hooray! Right. And Madeline does say something like, "I don't like who you've become. You're 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 a terrible person now." Right. And he and said, then, "Please stay to help me." And then she's like, okay, I will, you know. Yeah. Then um, they fall in love, I think. Then they fall in love. So real I would be remiss if I don't mention this. Um, there is actually a stage version of 1980. This. I know I looked it up. Yeah, well, so it premiered. There's an English language stage adaptation with uh translated lyrics by Sheldon Harnick. Ooh, uh yeah. in nineteen it premiered in nineteen seventy-nine at the public theater. And then oh, it's the public. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then it's been done around the world. Uh, I'm seeing most recently in 2011 in London, where you what? ready for this? Yes, tell me. Where Madeline is played by the one and only Cynthia Erivo. What? Yeah. I yeah. We didn't know that that had been revived. That that because I think it's a it would be a great show to see. I mean, I think that would it would work perfectly on stage. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Well, no, I, I see. I don't know. I like the picturesque quality of the movie. Oh, 
Agree. It's very cinematic. Because, like, even in the opening, when he, when Guy's in the garage and he's with his fellow co-workers and they're, like, it was so yeah. cinematic and everything. I was like, I don't know how you can do this on stage, if mm-hmm. it can be done. Um, also, Joanna Writing played the mother uh-huh. in this uh, English production, in this uh, London production. Pardon? Who were Jean-Vievre and Guy? Jean-Vievre is played by Carly Bowden, and Guy was played by Andrew Durand. Okay, no idea. So there is a stage production of this. I don't know how, I, I would be interested to see how it translates, and I wonder if it's an opera still, or if they turn some scenes into dialogue. Like, did the reverse of what happens in the movie adaptation of stage musical? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes some of the sung dialogue at, at, at times reminded me, or maybe think of Le, the Les Mis stage musical, and I wondered how influenced they, those writers were of this. You know when they did that. You know um, what I wanted in this movie? Hmm. I wanted a song that was kind of along the lines of a boy like that because there was no real argument. No, it it she it's very interesting that way. Yeah, there is not because like because we, we talked about it before where there's no like dual harmonies happening and i feel like that no chorus music there's, there's no group singing at all i don't care about that my, my no, i'm just saying that i'm pointing out that what is lacking in terms of a musical well my my, my point is if we're doing this weird sw- slice of life opera mm-hmm. um like even with this recording we're talking over each other yeah. we're saying our own thing so like yeah. in real conversations you talk over one another yeah. it's not like now you you're gonna talk. You're gonna yeah, I'm yeah, talking, yeah. so you're listening, and yeah. then you're gonna say something, and I'm going to not say anything. Yeah. Like it just happens. It just happens. Yeah. You asked me at the beginning how I how I thought about this, and I think overall I liked this movie. I probably would like to do the like watch the trilogy. Yeah, you know, now I'm sort of interested to see them all because I didn't yeah. and watch them in that order to see what it means. I don't know if it's going to help. Because I feel like as much as um, there's some things that I feel like I missed out watching just this one and it's in the middle, Mm. I feel like, though, potentially these movies can be standalone. Well, I know this movie as its own thing. I didn't even, you know, until now I didn't know that it was part of a trilogy or, or that he considered it part of a trilogy. Because it's been referenced to me so many times in so many different like classes and places that I, you know, early on in my training and stuff that I was like, well, I got to watch this movie. I, I, I Oh, maybe if we do The Young Girls of Rockford or yeah. what's that, maybe we should watch Lola as well. As just a reference point. As yeah. just a reference point. And then, you know what? We're doing it. Here, here, everyone, you're listening to us figuring out our one of our future episodes together. It would that I think it'd be interesting to then because like it makes me think of this is weird, a weird comparison. But when I learned that Indiana Jones was meant to be a series of different styles of movies, that Spielberg said, I'm doing a religious epic, I'm doing an adventure story, I'm doing a sci-fi story, all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh. Uh. that kind of oh, I see, I see. You, you take it or leave it. You love him or you don't love him. But at least I get what he's doing, that he was thinking, 
you know, like in terms of a bigger picture rather than just a, one movie at a time. But he had this like notion of like stylistically traveling through uh, these these genres with this one character. And it sort of made me go, OK, so like it made me forgive the things I didn't like because you go, well, it's just like an experiment. So I'm like maybe this would help us seeing Lola, seeing the umbrellas again. And then and then the, the young girls Thanks. grow short. Yeah, because Lola Unless we, uh, uh, unless after we watch Lola, we figure we can do an episode out of that because he, like I said, he calls it a musical without music, um, yeah. which would be interesting weirdly, to talk about. But exactly because then weirdly, this is a this is a musical that's very pedestrian. Yeah, so it's almost like the reverse. It's like that. I, I, so this is why I chose this movie because I feel like this is one of those movies that. Is, is enchanting once you get to the end. Once you finish it, you're like, oh, not only was this kind of weirdly smart and weirdly realistic, there is like a beguiling nature to it. It's like an, it's like it's it's sort of hypnotic in the beauty, in the strange fact that they're just singing everything and there's no real big musical numbers. Like it's got this quality that it feels very innovative, even though when you break it down, you're like, what was innovative about this? I don't know. But yet it it is. What I what I liked about the ending, and you said it too, is that it is realistic. Cause like mm-hmm. I feel like I've I've seen, like I said, I've seen this type of movie before. I feel like the easy route would be when they meet up again at the end, they just are like, I still love you. Let's fight. Let's forget about our current partners and just go back in love. But like, I don't know. It felt like at the end of this one, they were, they had, they had their closure. They had absolutely. And it, and it, and it wasn't messy. It was like, I went to war you didn't wait and he probably didn't, it, you, you know i mean you uh, it, he was it, there was no like argument and it felt nice because like even when she says like you want to meet your daughter he's like no i'm good and then she's like okay cool and leaves and then you see him play with his family so that to me was such a fascinating moment that that moment that he turns to the family because the way the camera moves. So the guy, so the so at the end of the movie, Guy has the money from the ant to buy a, a filling station in Cherbourg. And so he owns this filling station and Genevieve comes in in her car with her daughter to get gas. And they he goes to service the car and they just see each other. And she very calmly gets out of the car to talk to him. Leaving her daughter in the car while going outside because it's uh-huh. you're like what? Yeah, uh, and then they go inside and talk, and then when he when when the other when his his employee comes in and says, "Madame, your 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 car is ready," you know she leaves, and they don't even like embrace or kiss or anything. And the way the camera pulls back from Guy when she, he's there alone in the snow, my initial reaction because of the sort of like tropism of so many movies that I've seen is that he's going to break down and cry and have this like I you know like cathartic oh god moment and what happens is the camera pulls back and he starts to move and he just turns to his wife and his daughter totally happy and and plays with them in the snow and I was like oh yeah we're doing this yeah that's when I that's okay that's felt that's when I felt like, like I said earlier, he 
learned or he learned to fall in love with Madeline and the and then it, his child and the whole thing yeah. and he's like because it's clearly <laughs> like from when he's like let's get together to the ending it's like what three years four years or something, yeah, like, something that. like that yeah it's like yeah maybe five i don't know but five it's like, of, yeah enough time that when you're in your 20s it feels like an eternity but also they have a kid together there's mm-hmm. time we don't see that in the world obviously they build their relationship and everything so like it feels like they uh Catherine Deneuve and Guy l- still have a thing for each other but they're like it's not as strong as it was at the beginning sure. cuz like i feel like i they feel also- like in the continuation of the story it would be like they could be like hey let's all, all four of us get like dinner or something together or like let's be let's uh let's invite well, each other to our kids birthday parties like where does like she because she doesn't live in Cherbourg anymore she says it's the first time Paris yeah so and who know I don't know how far that is um geography. But <laughs> I feel like geography. I feel like the story really the whole overall picture of the story or the 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 plot line has to do with you know young sort of first love and then realistic love and like you know love when you're like just hot for somebody and then the love where you go you're you're someone i can build a life with there's it's it's like the delineation of two different things and the re- and how realistic that is you know to be like can you be in love and hot for somebody and still build a life with them, you know, that it's, it's almost like saying you can't do that. I'm not, I don't know, but that's what it feels like to me. We're like the second half of the movie where they find other partners and they're like perfectly happy and they learn to love somebody. It's like the examination of like puppy love and, you know, hormonal love and love that you created. Right. Yeah. I, or I, not created, but you find like, through a beautiful relationship that, you know, that develops, you know, yeah. that's, that's what I mean to say. Um, I, I, I mean, I think this movie is so unique. It's so, and again, the look of the movie is so, there are freaking blogs online that I found about the wallpaper and, and you can order the replicas of that pink and green striped wallpaper and I mean it is no joke you can find it I was like wow honestly I wasn't paying attention to the wallpaper I spent a lot of time being beguiled by the look of the film even the first time I watched it I was so like whoa 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 what is what so brightly colored like what is this what what is he trying to say with all this and you probably saw it before it was remastered I did I had a copy a, a VHS copy, as a matter of fact, that I had found like at a in New York, like a, a, a VHS shop that was going out of business, and I grabbed it, and then I watched it again because that those were the days when we didn't have all this stuff on libraries online. Like you had to go find this stuff, and then and then now when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's even more beautiful. Like it's even more vibrant. Um, yes, it's really really I, interesting. I kind of I kind of like it. Kind of feels not a 60s film with the no right it doesn't it feels timeless yeah um is there anything else though you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat uh let me see i had i did you know me i did take notes oh yeah i i we didn't talk about nino the guy playing gi which i think is just he's so lovely like there's he's so lovely um 
Oh, and I do want to make a note. Um, yeah. Everyone was dubbed. <laughs> right. I, I, as a matter of fact, I looked up the woman who dubbed Catherine Deneuve's voice and she was like a, um, she she's still alive, but she stopped performing, I think. But she just had like a really interesting career as a singer, but like no one's singing in this movie. It's all studio singers that like, they which is to lip fascinating that they cast these people knowing full well that this is a hardcore opera musical thing. Yeah. And they're like, you're just going to act but like not say anything <laughs> but they do a really good job and i think i think that's why i want to talk about the guy playing nino because uh nino the guy playing Guy, because i feel like he has a hard role because it could it could go so melodramatic with him and he really never he it stays really subtle and internal and i think that's he's really great um, that whole his whole look is really interesting too. He was in the English Patient as an older actor. Um, I see, but hadn't had a lot of work. Of, he did mostly Italian. He's Italian. He did mostly Italian films. Um, it's just really. It's he. He was always really interesting to me because he's as as appealing as Catherine Deneuve is. Um, My God, he's so handsome. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and then he grew, look. and then he had the beard, and I was like, I'm in. I understand this. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's and and the other thing i want to mention is that it's such a tight 90 minutes yeah it's, it's 90 minute movie and it and it doesn't feel like you missed anything like i appreciate that like yeah like these are just snapshots and they're important mm-hmm. snapshots because like we didn't need to see her you didn't ask for the two months you get it it's like she they did it in one scene like you get that she's been depressed for a while <laughs> like i just, didn't need to see him at war no all you see is that one photograph of him in his in his in his fatigues yeah. and uniform that's it and you get it it's just i appreciate how economical the storytelling is it's tight you know when I was when I looked at on the uh, on the streaming thing and it says you know on the little bar at the bottom you go that it's 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 one hundred it's an hour and thirty one minutes and an extra minute was the was the 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 thing at the beginning telling you about the restoration and I was like oh yeah this is twenty nine an hour and twenty nine minutes long yeah like, boom height yeah because there I I uh I had to run to the bathroom at the end and I was I didn't see though that if there was any. There wasn't credits at the end, right? No, uh-uh. it just ends. Oh, the last thing I thought was really interesting to me is at the end of the movie, in the ga- at the gas station, the SO station, everything is white and red. And there's that pop of color that I see coming back. First, I don't know why that struck me that it's like the snow on the ground, the white station, the white sign, everything is white and red. Because he's coming from... The other garage, which is all dirty, so now we're in a clean. And and his station is the kind of like pure and and vibrant, like because he owns that station. You know, he 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 got the money from the death of the ant. So it's just really, I don't know. I I I like this movie. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. All right, let's get into strap and flat, shall we? Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. I want to start with flats because we're having love fest for this movie. Mm -hmm. So my first flat is for the blackouts that happen in the movie. I feel like 
they're either too long or I like there was one that happened where it was like the title card showed up and I was like, okay, let's do that. It also felt like very commercial breaky, but I don't think that was the point. Um, I get it. It's supposed to show a passage of time, but like you don't need it. Mm. You, don't, you don't need them. You mm. had, they also had at the bottom um, like, things telling you what month and year it is so a like, lot there was a lot of it that's all we needed we didn't need the blackouts yeah. um i also want to flat the lyrics i mean we talked about it it's just because really there is no it is just words there is uh-huh. no like poetry to them or anything like that like you said he uh uh jacques demi wrote a screenplay and then it was turned into music so there is no like poetic gestures to these things that they're saying or anything like that it's literally hi my day was fine how was your day roland yeah hey my day was great i went i went and bought some bread like yeah yeah pretty much yeah yeah yeah, it's it was a little boring and then my last flat is for the mom i'm flatting the mom i did not like her Mm. I mean, and I think that's the point, but like, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, so, I, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I mean, this movie just shows that there as is as an actress like, or as a character. As a character, okay. no, 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 I never the act, never the performer. Got it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia, never the performer. <laughs> Him singing, come on, singing. Do you call that singing? um what were you did you have any flats what were you yeah i mean i struggle a little bit with the 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 lyrics as well i i always it it takes me a minute to sit i (laughs) every time i watch this movie at the beginning i'm always like oh right you have to like read the dialogue because it's just sung dialogue there's no like grand gestures of like i get what's happening because of the poet poetic nature of it honestly i would love a dubbed version of this uh, I think it would be super cool. I'm okay with, face. <laughs> I'm okay with yeah. the subtitle of it all. Yeah. Just that it's so boring. Yeah, it's very, that uh, it is a struggle. And I, and I always sort of like have about 15, 20 minutes where I, once I get over that, then I start to enjoy it. But is the, like at the beginning, you're like, he's in a gap, he's in a freaking garage. And he's like, can you stay extra time? And you're like, what? Yeah. Is, oh yeah. Like, what is this? Oh yeah. You did not warn me about this, by the way. So all of a sudden, when it's like the very pedestrian conversation, but song, I was like, oh, we're in an opera. Okay, I dropped it on for sure. I purposely didn't. I mean, I was like, it's a musical. We're doing it. Um, But but yeah, yeah. And I think I think once once I get over that, then I'm okay with it. But I definitely agree with you. Uh, It is so like oh god we're singing dialogue um but then as it moves forward uh and you get into these really beautiful melodies that michelle legrand sort of finds a way to put in there i'm okay with it like i start enjoying it um i struggle with the actor that plays roland cassard i just think he's so wooden he's there's so he's like Uh... i don't feel like i feel like there's so much there that he doesn't do and maybe that's what jack demi wanted maybe that's exactly what he was looking for who am i to you know second guess that but i just sit there the whole time going really really come on man like and that weird little freaking mustache he has like i'm just like oh i know this is the period but oh lord 
What that do was you the style? Doing? Yeah, that was the style. I don't know. That's I just struggle with that. Um, but otherwise, um, oh yeah, it does feel choppy at times in those in those blackouts that you talk about. I and I do agree with you. I feel that that too i feel like we could have had enough if you did if he just did it in three acts with just like the little title cards being the transitions of the time like i'm okay with them blasting through months within act that's fine yeah they're like and and maybe that was an editing thing maybe it was just the best he could do with the film stock who knows what was that was really about but like it just feels like you go yeah, is this where we're going to commercial? Like, and they, that's and they weren't even doing it at that point. And they were silent too. They were. <laughs> yeah. Two things. If it was either shorter, I would be fine with it, mm-hmm. or, or shorter or non-existent. Or if we had the blackouts, but they bled the music through it. Yeah, something like like a like a act break. Yeah, yeah. Like an act break, the transition music during a scene change and a music, like a stage show, something. We just needed something there. Um, But that's it. Uh, Mm. Do you have any other flats? No, no, that was it. Okay. Uh, Sharps. So I sharped the opening credits camera angle. I loved, Mm -hmm. I loved, Mm -hmm. I was expecting more, but that was it i Mm -hmm. loved that it was a bird's eye view you saw the umbrellas it was raining i loved that Mm -hmm. i also sharped that scene we talked about of our leads floating down the sidewalk yeah yeah i was again i was expecting more of that but didn't happen but what happened was still very well done and like it's it's funny because they he has like a bicycle and they're floating and the every they're clearly on some sort of like Ollie. platform with cats. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But like I like that though that they are. It's the having... one moment. It, I think that's interesting that it is the one time he chooses to do something sort of supernatural in the in the in the filming. You know, it makes you you kind of realize you're in another world. And I like that they are just so much in love and they're mm-hmm. not pretending like they're walking. Like mm-hmm. they are in their own little bubble in their mm-hmm. own romance and everything mm-hmm. um i also want to sharp the ending because what a twist <laughs> what exactly because it truly is a twist you it's not what you think is going to happen and then i want to sharp okay so i'm not sure if this actor actually sung his part but uh, the character, uh, Monsieur Duberg, the jeweler, whoever oh, sung that part. Beautiful voice that guy had. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not, but I'm not sure it's him. So I don't want to actually get I would say it. it's probably not. From what I understand, everyone was dubbed. So whoever did that, I can't. Some studio singer. <laughs> hold on. Hold, hold, please. Let me see. Oh, you're looking it up? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say who the singing voice was. Great. So whoever the singing voice was for uh, Monsieur Duberg, kudos. Loved it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are your sharps? Um, I, well, as you know, I'm going to say the damn wallpaper. Mm. I, I mean, when I'm, I'm whenever obs- we do the next <sighs> one, I will rewatch this and pay attention to the wallpaper. I am obsessed with the visuals in this movie in that respect that there it it's, because it is so pedestrian that they chose to do these ridiculously bright wallpapers and dresses and um, and put them together in shots 
that I always think is so fascinating because I feel like it it is a signature look of this movie. And that's what I, I remember seeing it the first time that I was like, this is crazy how brightly mishmashy the, all these patterns and all these colors are. But I, I, I love it. I, I my sharp is that moment where they're floating. I just I I literally got my notebook and was like, they're floating. The one time <laughs> in the movie where it's like a musical, you know, movie moment. The opening credits as well. There is the moment where she is on the train station platform and he's leaving and she's like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And the train's pulling away and the camera's pulling away. I love that moment. That is a good uh, moment. But it is inevitably the best thing in the movie is its ending because there is such a lack of dramatic pain. It's It's so pragmatic and it's so realistic and yet it leaves it open so that you think, well, maybe if their spouses pass away, they become friends again. Or maybe they meet up again when they're sing- if they're single again and they, you know, not necessarily rekindle, but maybe, or at the very least, maybe they'd be in touch. Right. You know, who knows? But it leaves it to, to a, a sense of like, this is how life is. And you can move on from your first love and have a life that you can still see that person and be like, hey, I just wonder how that daughter felt too. When she grew up and she's like, wait, he's not my dad. Who's my dad? Well, well, do they tell her? Right. Maybe they never maybe she never knows. Uh any other sharps, flats, naturals, uh, anything else? No, I I really like this movie. It's it's not I wouldn't put it on the top uh I uh, I'd put it at sort of like my next top list. Like like I have a top list. This would be like on the on the next group of favorite movies. I mean, below. it's a good movie to put on. Um, you can watch yes, it. Yes, it is. It. I, I feel like as much as it's in French and you don't, like, it's fine enough that you don't have to pay attention to it. It's a great background picture. Yeah, because you can put it on at a party and let it just play on a loop and it's beautiful music. It's fun. And you turn and go, oh, it's Umbrellas of Cherbourg. I feel like I know the answer to this question, but would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Yeah, that that one. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. The I main don't, theme. I, I don't know what the words are. Yeah, it's got that main theme, which which is haunting to me. It's such a great song, but it, I don't think it has a title because it goes in a scene, and they didn't title the songs necessarily. I mean, it might. I just I don't know if, it, if they're. I mean, like I said, I did find titles, but I don't know. I'm gonna they're, say well, they're scene. They're scene. They're scene titles when I when I looked them up. On like uh, Apple, Apple Music, it's like the scene in the garage, the scene where they're saying goodbye, the scene, you know. Um, I won't. I won't add anything because it. I, it's just because it's just it's, dialogue, and it's, it's too just pre- one big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's too precious. Well, it's just all one thing. Yeah, it's not a. It's like one big song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on that note, Roland. We did it. We did it. Yay. We're done with the episode. What do you have to plug or promote? Oh, gosh. Well, we are still at the time of this recording. uh, We are still deep in the actors SAG strike and the writers strike. So not much is going on. I I haven't been doing much um, theater work. Uh, because of that, essentially, I am working on something of my own, which I'm, I'll talk about when it's more developed, um, so I can 
um, when I can talk right. about it, I'll talk about it. And I do have something coming up in November, December, which you know about, but I really was told I can't, I can't talk about it publicly until after it's done. Um, and then I can. Or while it. it's happening. Or right. while it's happening. Yes. But if you, whoever to, if you'd like the dear listener to follow me on Instagram, I'm Roland Rusinek on Instagram and you'll, there'll be posts there for all the things, but yeah, things have been very, very quiet here in Los Angeles in terms of acting work. There's just a lot of, uh, commercial work is approved so we can so a t- ton of commercial auditions as a matter of fact that's why I was like I need to do this early because I got to go to a commercial audition <laughs> um and if you I don't know if you have a have an actual understanding as to why this movie is called the umbrellas of Sherberg you can email me at buttersungpod at gmail.com I'm also on Facebook Instagram Twitter and TikTok at buttersungpod um I'm always so curious if any of your listeners like have thoughts about this picture too because i don't know a lot of people that know it yeah if you have any if you have anything yeah. else you want to add about it let us know i will gladly like do it as a story or something we'll we'll figure it out uh but roland thank you so much for oh, you, oh no wait hold on what? i have to what? announce what? the next episode what am yes. i doing yes. uh and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation we are gonna be talking about my fair lady Woo! You have thoughts, I could tell with your by your face. Yes, I do. But I'm yeah. not doing the episode, so I'll tell you all. Oh, you're not doing the episode. Uh Roland, thank you so much for Yay, thank you for again. having me. Thank and you, thank you. I guess we're doing the other one. At some point soon, yes. We'll yeah. we'll do our homework and, and circle back. <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening and bye for now. Bye, thanks. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>